Welcome to Third Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness. Medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, this show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Third Chances. This is the this is going to be the second one of the new year, 2024, and I'm so excited because I have a beautiful guest today, and if you want to trust me, you got to check this podcast on a YouTube channel. Her name is Casey Weiss, and uh, she founded Your Case for Wellness. She is a certified holistic nutritionist and a life coach who helps women get out of the diet spiral to finally both feel and look their best and healthiest. What could be the better time to talk about this topic when we all do our New Year's resolutions and we start to do these temporary signings for James before we fell off that wagon and trying all the crazy things that we believe would work. And then obviously <clears throat> we repeat that same thing next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Casey, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So excited to see you. And I have to reveal a secret because we spoke back in October when we were trying to get ready for <laughs> my podcast. And what I didn't know at the time, uh, she was expecting baby. Well, yes. <laughs> and, you, and you look awfully well rested. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember you being like, can we meet next week? And I was like, I think I may be in the delivery room next week. Yeah. So I'm glad that we still were able to connect and I'm feeling really great. And I know we'll get into it all, but I will say, I mean, having a newborn is this is also my first, it's a lot, right. Oh, but goodness, really goodness. knowing that I had taken the time to instill like the self-care practices along with having my nutrition foundations has helped me 
leaps and bounds um, with being a mother. And I have a lot of women coming to me also that may have young kids and with the, through their kids' eyes and while raising their children, they start to realize, wow, like I don't have a great relationship with food. I don't want to pass this on to my kids. And usually their primary motivator to coming to me isn't because of that. It's just something that kind of awakens that part of them. Um, but really, I know that working on my relationship with food and becoming the healthiest version of myself and maintaining my health through my pregnancy just has helped me to be the best mom I can be and also enjoy the process. Because if you're tired and lagging and feeling icky in your body, you're not going to want to be showing off your kid and going out and seeing all the people. It's it's just going to feel like this constant drain on your body. Yeah. And I feel, as I said, I feel really grateful um, for, even though I, and I'm sure we'll get into it, past experiences that I've had that promoted a lot of um, negativity towards my own body and a whole spiral of eating issues. I'm still grateful that those happened so they could bring me and teach me to be the person that I am today and be able to not just help women around the world um, be the healthiest version of themselves, but also so I can now raise my child to be the healthiest version of himself. Well, thank God. Thank God. I have, I'm listening to you and I'm watching you and I'm like, she's so young, you know, I, I don't know. Exactly, <laughs> I look younger than I am probably. <laughs> I don't know exactly how old you are, but it's to me, it just went through my mind. Like I had no clue at that time. Mm -hmm. I was following every freaking, you know, crazy advice out there. Yeah. Uh, obviously I'm much older than you are but in in my youth I was you know I was watching and I was trying to to look good and that yeah. was my main concern mm -hmm. uh, I didn't link it to health for much longer you know yeah. it, it, it came much longer to me so I'm curious because you are very young uh, for somebody to start as a nutritionist or yeah. life coach I am assuming there was something that brought you to that point when you realized that you need a different approach for your own health. Mm -hmm. And so tell me what, what, how was your childhood like? What, what did you want to do when you grow up and what, what eventually happened that brought you on this path? Yeah. So honestly, I grew up with a mom who cooked a lot of home cooked meals. She always made dessert and it wasn't a dieting household. That's not really what led me down what eventually was a negative path. Mm -hmm. What ended up happening was I uh, never really thought much about food in my body, just generally was like healthy and active. And I ended up go in high school, going on a trip to Ecuador, a community service trip. And I started to notice the other girls in my trip, not finishing the food on their plate. And it was the first time I started being more self-conscious of what I was eating. And so it almost became like a game, like, like oh, I guess I just shouldn't finish the food on my plate. And mm -hmm. I, when I returned, I had lost weight and to, um, I always was a smaller frame person, but when I returned, I, I was even smaller and I got a lot of notice being like, oh, and this came at a time when I also would not. I had not received a lot of notice from my body because I took much longer to mature. And so now people commenting on my body was kind of like, Ooh, like I kind of like this. This is, this is kind of nice. And 
this was also at a period of time when I started getting the best grades I ever had in school. I was doing the best I ever had in track. I got a school record. I had a great group of friends. And a lot of times eating disorders are painted as everything's going wrong in your life. And so you use food as a mechanism of control. And though it, while it was still, yes, control, it was actually like things were going so well that I wanted to control every aspect of my life, including food. Oh, wow. So it started then, it persisted throughout college and even afterwards, but it manifested into a whole range of different types of eating issues, like, so to speak. Um, so had restriction and periods of different restriction to eventually my body had enough. My hormones were all over the place. I mean, I didn't have a period at all during this point. I started then to feel like I had these uncontrollable cravings um, with food and I started to overeat. I started to gain weight, like at a rate that was really uncomfortable. And I just felt so at war with my, my body. And at the same time, like I was keeping this all a secret. I, I didn't confide in anyone. I was like, I can figure this out. Like, or why can't I be as restrictive and just, just diet like I did in the past. And once I get I was, back there, I was going to then... ask because you, you mentioned that your, your family was, you know, very close. So I would like, I would think that they would notice that there was something going on with your fluctuating weight at that time. Yeah. I think it was just also just going through so many different periods of life, you know, different phases in college and going abroad and then, move, you know, it's, I think that you can kind of chart it up to that. And I also was really, um, I just was closed off and I wasn't willing to open up about that. So I, I said with all these like fluctuating periods of not feeling like I was had any peace with my body and just constantly going back to the point of like, why can't I just restrict? And then once I get to that weight, I want, then I'll be quote normal with food again. Yeah. Well, you need your approach to how you get to where you want to be needs to be pretty much how you maintain, right? Like, so it wasn't working. And I listened to, or I read the book, um, into the intuitive eating book and lights went off in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense to me. And if people aren't familiar, intuitive eating is a practice that has 10 main principles and they relate to your relationship with food and, you know, quieting the diet police and being able to be in tune with your body. And so this really was so liberating for me to, when I was reading this book, I was like, this is me, this is me, this is me of these different voices I had in my head of me keeping telling myself, okay, go, going on another, going on another diet. And then I will feel normal with food. And then just like with my relationship with food and my body. But the thing is, is while then utilizing those principles, I ended up working with someone um, who was, who was specialized in intuitive eating it was really helpful for me to be able to restore more body trust. And I said, improve my relationship with food. But coming out of that experience with that, um, with that person, I still didn't feel like I was as healthy as I wanted to be. My body wasn't where I wanted it to be. And so I was kind of in this gray area. And I see this a lot in the current space now where there is like intuitive eating or um, all foods, you know, all foods fit there. Every, all food is, there's no good or bad. Um, body positivity. And while I am definitely for not labeling foods and being body positive, there also is a place to be where you care about your longevity and your energy and your health. Yeah. And you want to implement nutrition, but you don't want to also then get on the other end of things where it's the dieting restrictive that 
is not good. <laughs> Hands down is not good. You mentioned it. I was just writing article about this this morning and it's, okay. isn't, it, isn't it true how we go from extreme to extreme? Yeah. Even in like social media and journalism, you know, we go from really unhealthy looking anorexic models as a symbol of beauty, yeah. the health to be, you know, damn, to yeah. like, oh no, you're going to admire this 350 pounds beauty because she is proud of her body and you know that it's not healthy, but you cannot say anything. It's it's really becoming crazy. And I'm glad that somebody is as hell, as young as you are, you really early on caught up on this is not working this is not working i have friends in their 60s that they are still dieting because they are kind of using it as a temporary solution to their bad habits and yeah. of course you cannot out diet your bad habits because you diet you eating healthy sometimes <laughs> and then it just it just reminds me when you when you talked about your struggles with the psychology about it my best friend, she was telling me, oh my God, I started this new diet and it's working like a charm and it's unbelievable. But all I can think about is what I can't have. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's it's mind boggling. Yes. <laughs> well, the fact that you say that, I, I love that you said it because um, that is why diets do not serve us. And it's, I, it's like the forbidden fruit, right? So, yeah. or think about it with a kid, like we're, we're no smarter than, than kids. We tell a kid, there could be a, literally a room full of toys. And you tell the kid, you can't play with this pink elephant. All they're yeah. going to want to do is play with pink elephant. It doesn't matter that there is a red, like a, a, a million and one Lego sets, a million and one other stuffed animals. doesn't matter. If you tell them they cannot play with one toy, they're going to want to play with that one yeah. toy. And the same thing goes with us. Oh, I can't have carbs. I can't have sugar. I can't have fat. I get whatever. That's all you're going to want to eat. Yeah. So what, so you're saying, okay, you're telling me this. Well, then how am I supposed to lose weight? So most of the clients who work with me want to lose weight, but we don't focus on weight loss. What we do is we focus on overall health and then the weight loss can come, but our main factor and motivator can't be weight loss. First of all, yeah. it's not motivating. The weight fluctuates up and down the scale. A lot of the women we work with, we that I work with, we work also on their um, physical fitness. So they're going to be gaining muscle. And as a result, we know muscle weighs more than fat. So the scale might not be indicative of how they're even looking really. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is we need to take that like weight off of food and that obsession. And instead, we need to give ourselves permission to eat what we want to eat. And that can seem really scary. And that's why I do what I do because navigating this gray area where it's not like, okay, F it. I'm not on any diet. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Or the diet, like, okay, check boxes, whatever. It's really hard to be in that gray area because that gray area is like so ambiguous. What does it mean? What does it mean to be doing well? If I'm not, not eating carbs, but I'm also just not not loving myself like eat whatever i want to eat and just go you know eat with abandon it's not it's not possible to maintain it your whole life if you restrict exactly it so much but exactly go back to you were saying you were telling me that book inspired you to look at this deeply and it's like kind of light bulb so how did you start approaching this for yourself mm -hmm. first so the first thing was really making peace with food and 
normalizing foods that were kind of that forbidden fruit. So one of them that comes up a lot is ice cream. Ice cream was something that I wouldn't let myself eat. And then if I ate, I felt like I couldn't have a like a normal portion of food. Or if I had a pint of ice cream in my house, I would either not eat it, not eat it. And then once I started eating it, I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And so being able to recognize the voices in my head, what they were saying, first of all, understanding that there's other people like me who have these voices too, and I'm not crazy. That alone was really reassuring. And then being able to work on how I can normalize food, how I can be able to coach myself to feel more normal around food stuff, looking at food labels all the time. But it really did take working with someone else to be perfectly honest, because again, it's like that gray area when it's not just weight that you're focusing on. How are you feeling successful? And a lot of times that can, it's great. People can do it on their own, but having someone else to help you. And so that helped me with the intuitive eating piece. But then I was, I still felt like this gap and I ended up working with a holistic practitioner who really helped me see how I can still not, not track food, not have to be obsessed with labels, but focus on holistic practices for my body and for my health. And from there I was able to, it wasn't until her now, mind you, I had gained plenty of weight in this. It wasn't until her that I actually got my period back because I was so much less stressed about food. I was finally feeling good in my body, finally really eating in a way that was balanced and for my overall health, longevity, energy, clear skin, hair, everything. Mm -hmm. But, and that was what really inspired me to go back and get my nutrition certifications and do what I do because of that experience and kind of that full circle moment for me. Yeah. That's, you know, I I was going to ask if you, because you say to take control of it, to to do this, but it's so hard to do it on your own. You really need somebody to really give you the bigger picture because we are obsessed with our own what we know and we don't we don't know what we don't know (laughs) so it's usually very helpful if somebody like you who today is an expert and has also your own experience with what you're going to struggle with when you try to change your habits and Mm -hmm. change your mindset about it then you need somebody like that on your side to to achieve those goals and I'm glad you said that you said that word that is buzzing lately in every of my conversations, longevity, because Mm. we concentrate so much more on weight loss, which doesn't mean anything. I mean, yes, generally, if you are, if you weigh less, you likely have less health issues Mm -hmm. that comes with, with being overweight, but it doesn't mean that you are healthy. You know, yes. you can you can get there with really crazy stuff and be completely sick and undernourished. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I'm interested in to know. How did you find that, that that balance in you and then for your later for your clients? Yeah. Um so absolutely, and I love that you're saying like your weight is not an indicator of your health. And so much of our medical system, it's just this little snapshot. You go on the scale and they they diagnose you based on that. Oh, you need to do X, Y, or Z. And we're therefore not set up for success because we're not taught how to eat properly. We're also very much either not, if you are within the right BMI, there aren't really follow-up questions where there's going to be so much more going on. And so 
one thing that I was kind of talking about earlier is really making sure that we have better motivators. And so having both intrinsic and extrinsic motivation factors for us while we are on our health journey. So that being things like longevity, energy, how other ways of how we're feeling, our sleep, our relationships, these are all reflections of our overall health. And when we can focus on, oh, I'm getting better sleep, or I am able to go out to eat and I'm actually not finishing the food on my plate. Now, I'm not saying that not finishing food is your success, but if you're chronically overeating because you don't listen to your body and you're finishing all the food on your plate, this could be a great sign of, oh, I had leftovers, right? So we need to be able to take a step back and think about things that are more important and impactful in the long term. And in, in terms of measuring that with clients, at, my goal is to make them feel their, their best. Now, I also, you know, we'll dig into things like hormones, especially because that is a hot topic for good reason right now, because of how impactful hormones are on our overall health. And so that's, for example, numbers-based thing that we can do and look at. And we can look at number on the scale, but not we're not looking at every day, maybe not even every week or even every month, but looking at these overall trends, because I am telling you, you will be able to know, honestly, that weight loss is happening without having to weigh yourself on the scale because you are feeling so much better in so many other aspects of your life. Yeah. How many times uh, women are dieting, weighing themselves daily, and yes. then, God forbid, the weight uh, goes up a little bit, and she's so discouraged that she would give up altogether on her good habits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If most and of you eat fun, yeah. Yeah, I. It, it is really about the consistency there. So you need to be honest with yourself, and if is the way that you are eating now, the way that you're going to achieve your goals, is that what you really want to stick with for the rest of your life? And a lot of times so people say, oh, required, right? yeah. And a lot of people say, oh, well, it worked for me before. If it worked, you wouldn't have to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. How, if it worked, how it would have just been, yeah, it would have been a part of you. You would have been able to stick with it. It would have been yeah. done and dusted. Right. And also and, because I'm much older than you, I also experienced uh, the changes that most women of my age experience. Mm-hmm. You mentioned hormones, but also the lifestyle and the age uh, and your health is in factor because you may you may I have three surgeries in my back I had a period of time when I couldn't move and yeah. I wasn't going to gym or anything but I was I was very active dancer when I was young yeah but then my life was going different directions so age the amount of movement you have in your natural life mm-hmm. and you know menopause what used to work in 30s doesn't work in 50s and and we are still trying to repeat the same things because like you said it worked before well it's a whole different game now so why why it is so important to look at it from the aspect of what is in your mindset what you what you believe may be true but what may be true for yourself because things changed in your yeah yeah definitely i mean the thing is that our mindset does changes as we go older and so often get older. And so often I'll be on calls with 
you know, connection calls with women who are interested in working with me. And they'll say, I just like want to look like I was during X time. And I ask them, were you happy with how you looked then? And they're like, now that I think about it, I wasn't even happy then. We're always like, when you're, you know, when you're 30, you wish you looked like what you looked like in your 20s. When you're 40, you wish you looked like when you were in your 30s. And it's, it's so sad, honestly, that we are, we as women are constantly comparing ourselves to not just others, but ourselves and past versions. And we need to think about everything that we've gained now becoming older and what can success look like? That's not just looking like a prepubescent before kids version of yourself. Yeah. I think the biggest, biggest poison as well is the industry that kind of encourages you that you can have a fast fix. Mm-hmm. And people are impatient, so they look for fast fixes and they speed yeah. up their health even more because what you do requires a little more patience and gentle kindness to yourself. Yes. And give yourself time to repair what you screwed up over years of dieting because yeah. that does nothing good and natural for your body. But back to this, like you said, uh, you said uh, you just had a wonderful pregnancy and a, and a labor. And I'm sure your good habits plays a role in it. Would you be able to help another moms in waiting to, to have a better, better pregnancy and better delivery because of the way they treat their body? And I know there's plenty of moms that are being very cautious and very holistic. Uh, but they also get all these advices from doctors about uh, weird things that I have never heard when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, with all the, all the information that is out there and with me trusting my doctor, and I'm doing air quotes with nutrition advice because I learned my way. Uh, and I have had many doctors on this podcast and every single one admitted that the amount of time they spent on learning about nutrition during all yeah. those years in medical studies is one day. And then everybody who starts new diet is being advised, uh, well, before you start new diet, you got to you know, talk to your doctor. The doctors are the last person to discuss your diet with because they really don't know and I have to to be sadly to say that even uh, that uh, like the official not nutritionist but dietologue I think we uh, I had a bad experience with uh, when my husband got sick and Mm -hmm. we had a team of people advising us what to do and at that time I was in this space for several years professionally I worked with nutrition holistic nutritionist I was actually preparing foods to boost immune system for people with medical challenges I knew a lot about this space and we were assigned nutritionists who came to meet us and my husband was dying of cancer was very aggressive and I knew the the last thing I want to give it to him, give to him was sugar because that feeds cancer. Mm-hmm. We started juicing. We started doing all the right things, even though we were eating healthy before, but it just, I just took it to extreme to combat the, you know, the, the 
compromised immune system. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I'm sure when you start with anybody, you start with asking questions. You know, what is your lifestyle now? What is like, why do you? Well, she didn't bother with that. First of all, she walked in a way in a door and she was overweight. And she lost a little bit of credibility right there for me. But then, you know, of course, there could be a million reasons. But then, like I said, without asking any questions, uh, she started lecturing us on what we should eat, follow normal diet. You don't have to deprive him of anything. And that was like red flags in my mind. And I didn't yeah. say anything. But I was like, well, is there anything that maybe he shouldn't have? I mean, this is, you know, it's a cancer. It's 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 aggressive illness. And I'm sure body can support, you know, with proper nutrition. Well, um, not really. I mean, if he's nauseous with the with the with the chemo, maybe you can give him a toast. And I'm like, what? And, yeah. <laughs> but I would maybe stay away from greasy fries and, and burgers. And that was the last thing I heard because I was like. So she assumes that's what we eat. Mm -hmm. And then I spoke with my friend that is holistic nutritionist that I worked with for years. And it just blew our mind. I was like, this yeah. is somebody who is officially working with oncologist pa patients. Food is medicine. Mm -hmm. And we know that. And yeah. so you, you can manage what you eat and you can manage how healthy you will be. I mean, it's not solution for everything. Luckily, we have other technologies today that that can fill the missing links. But food is the priority number one for your health. And I'm Absolutely. sure that's, that's what you do because it's like you said, the weight loss is not enough, even for motivation. Mm -hmm. There's always probably much important reasons for why to look to take control of it and, and take control of your health for the years coming. Absolutely. And I love how you bring up, like, yes, there are totally interventions now that can be extremely helpful for us to be able to mitigate disease, but disease is disease in the body. How do we get there? Exactly. And nutrition and our lifestyle is such a huge part of that. And our medical system is set up not for preventative care, but for once we already get to an issue. And again, it's amazing the things that have been developed, like truly incredible. But why don't we try to work on not getting to that point? Yeah. And there's not enough emphasis there. And we can do so much to make us not only not then have to go through that later on, but also just feel better day to day. And it's crazy how with women I work with, like, I didn't know I could feel this good. Like they just didn't even know what their, their metric for what a feeling good was just down here. Yeah. And that's and what we get used people, to. How many people you meet that they are on six different pills and they, mm -hmm. they are healthy. And I'm like, well, you don't really are healthy you have controlled symptoms by medication that are creating mm -hmm. new problems in your body because of all the side effects. So you may feel that you have normal blood pressure, but that's not really true because if you stop taking pills, it will go through the roof. So that's like you said, it's 
taking care of the symptoms when there is already problem present, but because this is exactly is when something is wrong and that didn't come overnight, that was building up for years. Yeah. So how exactly. is your work helping women to realize that? How how can you educate them to pay more attention to little symptoms and not to quiet them down? With, with, if you have a headache, maybe there is a reason just don't just take a pill to for the headache to go away. Maybe you should dig deeper to realize why you're getting those headaches on a regular basis and what could cause it. Because unfortunately, medicine today don't do that much. Yeah. So I, I mean, through my platforms, I try to educate people, but my job isn't, I'm, you know, my job isn't to make people force anyone to do anything you know uh, my job is to make people aware of what they are doing to their body and how their lifestyle can support them having the life that they want but some people just want to stay stuck and it is also something we need to recognize that we need to have a personal boundary that we can be great models for others and we can show other people in our life what it's like to live healthy life and how it can be such a great part of our life and our community. But it if we put it on ourselves that we are responsible for others when they don't want to help themselves, and that's just going to be an endless, thankless battle. And just like you were saying with your husband, your husband was like, you were doing all the things and researching to help him, but he was receptive towards that and wanted that. You weren't just make, like forcing it on him. And if you were just forcing it on him, you wouldn't have done it. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. And it would have been bad for your relationship, even though maybe it would have like in that part of the stress in your relationship would have what would have been poor for his health. Right. So with the women I work with, I think the biggest hurdle in terms of the mindset there is when they know for themselves that they need to focus on more than just weight loss to start. Cause when some women do lose weight quickly and then some it take might take more time, but and that kind of mental trap of used to the diet, um, the dopamine rush of like losing weight fast. I mean, then you gain it again, but really trying to get out of that cycle and out of that mental, um, that, that mental cycle that, that, you know, that, that quick fix mentality, that's kind of the hardest for some, for some no, um, because, but they know also in the back of their mind, like I'm coming to case and working piece because I'm over the quick fixes, but I'm still addicted to Right. And that it can be a struggle, but it's obviously something that we can work through. And that's what I'm there for. I'm there to support and guide them and remind them of their greater why. Yeah. I think and I, I, I have seen around um uh trainers that start to talk about, you know, raw diet and blah 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 diet and whatever diet. And just the idea that you believe that everybody has the same willpower to eliminate certain foods from their life forever you know it's mm -hmm. obviously they probably didn't work with clients a lot because everybody is different everybody has different yeah. weaknesses and strengths and uh, health challenges and we are mm -hmm. all complete unique package every single one of us exactly. and that's why I now understand but I didn't in your age that one unique diet cannot be fixed for every single problem mm -hmm. because if it worked we didn't have to come up with another diet and a diet yeah. and a this diet and that yeah. diet. and everybody is going through this yo-yo their entire life screwing up their system totally 
and it's just it's just a vicious cycle and it's really sad to watch and mm -hmm. i wish more people started realizing how much they can improve their health and energy and and wellness overall yes. and preventive care on their own without medication and without without uh, you know rushing to doctors with when it's too late I also though will say like it's about utilize like being an advocate for yourself because doctor are incredible like I I found really supportive great Western trained doctors but I also have other other practitioners in my corner too and people that are really understanding I think that people think that they can't have a voice in their own decision making for their health. And just because this person went to school doesn't mean that you can't ask questions and follow up and also seek other people who make you feel better and who are more interested in your path for care. Uh, and that's something I talk about frequently with my clients is being a self-advocate because you and, you know, those doctors, they're, they're all trying to do their best, but they're seeing a million people, not always a million, but seeing a lot of people in one day and they're not thinking about your problems and don't know the degree of your problems like you do. And yeah. so you need to be able to advocate for yourself and don't be ashamed of that. That's amazing. You know, to be able to voice what you are going through and the doc, most doctors want you to be able to do that. And again, if someone is not making you feel seen and heard, then you have the right to go to someone else. Yeah. And also I have just recently changed doctors. <clears throat> Uh, just simply because all we were talking about was uh, you should get on this medication and I'm like no I, I yeah don't. and I have found ways to take care of uh, issues that started coming up with uh, holistic solutions and I ended up changing doctor because I, I just I didn't want to go through that every single time because like you said <clears throat> just like when you step on a scale when you go for blood work that's a snapshot of that one day and if something shows up it doesn't mean it's there tomorrow and that's why people that have higher blood sugar uh, they have to measure their sugar every day because it fluctuates it fluctuates depends on what you eat when you eat whatever exactly it's, everything is a snapshot of that moment so if you get medication based on a snapshot of that day you may not need it next day, but you don't see the doctor again. And so mm -hmm. I was seeking somebody who will philosophically be on the same page with me, looking for more natural solutions first before, mm -hmm. before going aggressive with the medication. And because I have, like I mentioned at the beginning, I've spent first probably almost 40 years of my life trusting doctors to the point. Like it was a law, whatever doctor says, he knows better because they study it and I don't. And who am I to mm -hmm. question it? And then you get to point when you realize it's really, that's a, it's a crazy thing because obviously I, 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 I love doctors and I have very, very good friends, doctors, but even some of them realize that they got this, this illusion by the industry of uh, sick care instead of healthcare. The prevention mm -hmm. is really not there. The, the, the point at the, that you specialize in, the nutrition, mm -hmm. uh, how many people look at the nutrition as their medicine? Almost mm -hmm. nobody. But I have seen some extremes when people would end up in a hospital with repeated problems in their 80s yeah. and always be put on diet and medication afterwards because GI problems also didn't happen overnight. And always witnessing when she stick to the diet 
it actually calmed down and went away and started resolving itself. But then she would come like, well, that's not the way to live. I can't, I can't just not eat this and I can't go. And there's this unwillingness to change anything about the lifestyle to accommodate your health, even though we have this one body that we have to take care of because otherwise, yep, <laughs> the alternative yeah. is not so fun. Yeah. No, absolutely. And your body is your home. And yeah, that we also bring up like, you know, someone saying, well, it's not worth it to me. Right. Um, but is it worth it not feeling good? Is it worth it not living as long? And people again, get into this black and white thinking of, okay, well, either I am going to have fun, enjoy food, or I am going to like live this life of health that is really boring. And yeah. <laughs> well, if the food is center of your universe, that's why you're happy, then of course. But is it, is it also, do you try to go deeper with people? Does it help when it's, it's not just the weight loss, but perhaps you know, you dig deeper, their, their why is much yeah. more important and their why may be outside of themselves. Oh, it's definitely. Awesome. Definitely. Being able to have that why being something deeper. And also because how I teach, it's, it's never, you know, you are, you can't eat the cookie again. It's let's make sure when you eat the cookie, it's something you really enjoy. And then you are able to be satisfied from it versus I just have chips of Ahoy in my house and I eat five every day and I just stress eat and I don't even feel good. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so different. It is so different. So we need to understand there's a difference and enjoying our food. When I, when you enjoy your food, I want you to really enjoy it. Yeah. So instead of just eating the, whatever it is, because that's just what was there. And obviously we have times when Sometimes that is the case, like the food, that's the food that's there. And we obviously like in, in certain situations, we're just going to eat what we have available to us. Yeah. But when we are more proactive about our food choices, when we prep, and so we can be able to eat things that we actually enjoy when we decide when we have a treat for it to actually be a treat and mm -hmm. we're able to enjoy our food even more. But the problem is, is that we have not properly set ourselves up for success. And we are just so, I actually was even talking on my Instagram this morning about rewards with food. We're trained as a kid, like oh, you got a shot at the doctor, you get a lollipop mm -hmm. and it is the easy soothing mechanism. It's the reward. And it takes away from us actually getting feelings of reward. So for example, you run the mile now, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I ran the mile for the first time in 10 years without stopping. It doesn't become about running the mile. It becomes, oh, now because I ran the mile, I could eat the donut. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's why what I do in the, even you introduced me, I am a nutritionist, but I am also a certified life coach. And because you cannot have health without having the proper mindset. And what I had found was I knew everything about every nutrition fact, every calorie count, every whatever, knowing things on a biological level. My favorite subject in school was biology, but that didn't serve me when at the end of the day I was stressed or I felt lonely or I wanted the sense of control. That's not what knowing, okay, sugar does X in the body wasn't stopping me from eating the benefits. You touched on wonderful point because you said you can set yourself for success because you know about the weaknesses of the, you know, of situations and we, we cure stress with certain things and, and all that, you know, all these things. 
but not every like uh, it reminds me when when you start talking to people about you know healthier habits than they have right now they started mm -hmm. coming they start coming with all these reasons why they can't it's more expensive i can't cook uh it's so much work it's so much struggle i have to research all these diets blah 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 and it can go as simple as going back to basics and just eat whole mm -hmm. food without labels without packages without expiration date in two months which should be a red bulb for everybody that it's probably not so healthy yeah and so instead of looking for reasons why you can you can start focusing on how you can change that how you can you can prep you can do you can there are services today that are actually sending healthy foods much healthier than ever before and maybe talk about it because as a new mom obviously you have plenty on your case and mm -hmm. and you're trying to run a business and you have baby that needs to eat and and you because you <laughs> like we were talking about, about in the beginning <laughs> because you know about nutrition you you want to make sure that your baby gets the best the best the best out of yeah. it and so how do you do that how do you control how you eat so you don't have those moments or at least not too many of them when you are forced to just grab something because there's nothing in the house. Yeah. So the, this is first of all, such a good question. Um, I, for example, one thing is my, I know that my mornings, no matter what with feeding him and whatnot, I need to prep breakfast. So I have breakfast prepped um, and I don't prep other meals really uh, necessarily, or I'll make big batches. That's a big thing for me. Instead of having this daunting meal prep, what I will do is I always just double or like triple recipes or I don't really go by recipes because I'm one of those people that just like be creative in the kitchen, mm -hmm. but I'll make a lot because that's the one of the best forms of meal, underrated forms of meal prep, just yeah. make more. And so you have more for later. Yep. Yes. Um, and just, well, big thing for me has been in this phase of life, just managing expectations. I used to be able to do a million things in one day and I just don't necessarily have the time for that. But instead of thinking of it as a sacrifice, I think of it right now as I get to be more present in what I'm doing. I, and like taking value in those transitions and taking more time to do specific things. And so I've had to shift my business a little bit. I've had to shift my expectations a lot. Um, but that was hard mentally at first, but now, I mean, two and a half months in, I, I feel really good about what I am doing and knowing that things are going to change and accepting, but I, I know that a little bit, Casey, I, you, you froze a little bit. Oh, I froze. Oh, and I didn't hear the last sentence correctly. If you can. Oh, I, I, I was kind of just talking about managing expectations and being grateful for the season that I am in now. And this kind of, this is something for everyone to, instead of comparing yourself and trying to be like a past version of yourself or like someone else you see online or a friend in real life, look at where you are and what your main goals are in life. My main goals are shift have shifted before having a kid you know, I had those, the, this amount of time, but I was able to devote more time to certain aspects of my life. Yeah. But now I have one of my, my main goals is making my kid healthy and happy. And so as a result, some things in my, in my life need to shift. Yeah. 
So I've needed to reprioritize. So certain things for my business that aren't as essential, I've had to now realize I have to do less of that or just take some of those things altogether away. And so this is not the season of life that my that I'm focusing as much on my business growth. Now, I absolutely love what I do. So I'm keeping doing what I'm doing because I love working with the women I get to work with. And it is truly my passion, but it is not the phase of my business where I'm having exponential growth because that is not my main focus. And this doesn't have to go whether you're an entrepreneur or if you're a mom, but just thinking about right now is my career is really focused. Now that doesn't mean my health is going by the wayside by any means, but telling myself that I'm trying to have this crazy fitness goal on top of trying to get the promotion on top of moving to a new city and trying to make friends. Like we need to be honest with ourselves because you only have, we only have a pie of time in the day and of energy in the day of motivation in the day. And so we need to think about how we're going to divide that accordingly because you don't get a second pie. Unfortunately, you yeah. have the same pie and that's great. That's awesome. What it, instead of thinking of it as a lack mindset of, oh, I don't have the time to do all things. No, think of it as an abundance mindset of now I get to now really focus on these things. So for me, instead of, oh, I have less time for this. I'm like, mm, now I am prioritizing time for my child. Yeah. And you know what? I think the nature actually created it brilliantly because obviously you just went through the huge transformation of the last nine months, then delivery, that's a huge, huge attack on your body and things changed and things need time to heal. So mm -hmm. it is only natural that you are forced to slow down and take care of yourself as well as the baby, because you need time to heal, to be able to be hundred percent for everything yeah. else and for your baby most. So I think it's perfectly prioritized without your will that you have to slow down and pay attention and enjoy moments because those moments are fleeting there. The babies are growing really fast. And it's, and as you know, as a life coach, the stress is one of the biggest uh, effective tools on our health and emotional eating and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So all that plays in your favor. You have to fill your cup first before you are able to serve others. Absolutely. You need to fill your cup. And that's another thing we get so caught in the trap of, of not realizing how important it is to establish our own routine. And so, for example, my child is going to, I don't like hearing him cry. Absolutely not. And I try to get to him as soon as possible, but I do also need to brush my teeth. <laughs> and sometimes like there, there may be like a moment where I have to brush my, like, take that extra 30 seconds of finishing brushing my teeth and be able to balance it all. And that's hard. And that was hard, especially like, you know, you, you never want to hear your child cry. You never want them to ever be sad or upset, but there is something that has to be said for, okay, he needs to be fed. And I, whenever he, he, his prior, he's feeding his priority. So when he's hungry, he needs to be fed right away. So because I don't have wiggle room in that time, how can I make sure though, that I'm fed? Because if I'm not fed, then he's, he's definitely not going to be fed. Yeah. So instead of being like, cause I can, I'm not going to push his feeding. So for when I need to eat, that's for me, that's, I'm not willing to do that. 
So what I need to do is anticipate, okay, I know he wants to eat around this time. I need to make sure that I have my food prepped so that I can eat and then I can eat for them. So I'm able to take, I'm able to put my eat first and be able to put myself first without actually having to put him second, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because now you are his nutrition source. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So what's your name of your baby? Um, his name is Zane. <laughs> and he's now about three months. Two and a half, yeah, almost, yeah. Yeah, wow, it's beautiful. You Thank just you. shine when you talk about it. Oh, yeah. He's, I'm, I'm really uh, happy he's my for, world. This, for this baby <laughs> because he has the best start of his life that's oh. possible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I feel I feel very grateful um, to have the support I have, um, the husband I have who's been so great during everything. And to also, though, have the business that I have where I'm able to really, I know so many people go, off from maternity leave and then come back and are really questioning what they do in their career and is this worth it? And um I just feel like what I do is so worth it. And because I think you what... just found an extra reason for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. It's 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 that's the one thing that always drove me crazy when I was in a, a nutrition space. Uh how moms would labeled certain things a kid's food when your baby is born it doesn't exist it's moms who create it it's pizza is not kid's food mm -hmm. the fries is not kid's food it's a convenient food when mom doesn't have time and i don't you know judge anybody i know it's it's extreme and it's really overwhelming sometimes but we create yeah. these things, these labels to make our own life easier while really mm -hmm. endangering health of our child for the years to come because then they mm -hmm. grab the food for comfort and they would demand this because they like it and they are used to it. And it's, of course, it's made to be tasty. So they like more of it. And yeah. I have experienced also the other extreme when I have worked with my personal trainer and he raised his two kids it was so refreshing for me because they would try everything. He would he would want liver and they would like, what's that, daddy? And he told them, and it was like, can I try it? Sure. Yeah. And it's like two years old eating liver, sardines, stuff like that. People, yeah. you know, like adults. I love all those things, but yeah. <laughs> but when you learn the value of nutrition in those foods you you have choices to incorporate it in your diet and yeah i was actually good at making it taste so tasty that people didn't feel like they have to suffer through it mm -hmm. it's it's choice that we have and and why i'm interested in your baby because i was like how lucky that baby is gonna be to have mom that knows what he needs the best for developing his brain properly and developing his organs properly and being set for for health because thank it's you important. yeah no I appreciate that and I think though that one thing that's important though is I am really going to want to instill health and nutrition but I'm also not going to want to force things in a way that's going to make him have a complex with food yeah like because that's something that I can see can be a trap it's like you make things so strict at home that when your kid goes out, all they want to do is eat all of the cupcakes and cookies because oh, you yeah. never let them have it. Yeah. So what my, I mean, we're not there yet. We're obviously very far. He's just having breast milk right now, but my approach, 
um, what I is going to be to, you know, I make things at home and I make them with maple syrup and almond flour and whole foods ingredients. So, and they taste really good. Everyone loves my baked goods. It's not like, and people who don't eat the way I do love my baked goods. So I'll make baked goods with real sugar, but less processed forms of sugar. And then when he goes out and he wants to try things, I'm not going to restrict that because that's going to only fuel him. Instead, I'm going to provide him with really delicious whole foods-based things at home. And then not be, try to be controlling because that's just going to set him up with a complex. And I think that's really important for us to be able to, kind of release control to, to some degree and no and obviously I'm not I'm not going to tell any parent how to parent their child because also I I'm a very new parent and that's just what my approach I I plan to do and I'm sure I will learn along the way but it doesn't serve us either mentally or physically to be so restrictive with our kids mm-hmm. um it, it's for our health mental health as well honestly because yeah I I see that too often with parents trying to be so controlling and thinking what they're doing is best and there is totally room for that. And we are, we need to set up boundaries for our kids, but we also need to make it an enjoyable experience and make sure our kids aren't set up to have a complex with food. I think the open to curiosity is the best approach to, yeah. you know, let them try and let them, let them explore and yeah. develop their palate also, because what I feel a lot of times happens, the kids have such a simple palate because they are used to eat five six groups of food (laughs) yeah and it doesn't develop their taste buds even yeah and so then everything that is unknown is eh, you know and then you know parents are like how can I make my kid eat well it's it really starts at the beginning when you Mm -hmm. allow them introduce them to different flavors different foods and and let them explore of course not everybody likes everything we were not we were the same but there's always option to to show them that there is a big scale of choices that are better than others, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also it's not a one or nothing. It's not like, oh, he tried liver once and he hates it. You can try in other ways. And then again, it's also yeah. knowing as a parent, you're not a you're not a failure because something didn't work out that time. That's fine. And I and I there's so much comparison to you with parenting. That's so sad because like we <laughs> We would just yeah, hope that our pressure, parents, yeah, we, perfect. Yes, yeah. you would hope as parents that we would just be really wanting to um, work with each other. And there's just so much I said, so much comparison. And so I really hope that people uh, take away from this that there is no one right way to do things as an individual, as a parent. And the best thing that we can do for our kids is to be able to be positive role models, and that includes making sure that we are taking the time for ourselves as well and making sure that our health is in place because if our health is in place we we sure as heck can't help our children uh, that's where i was going because i we we spend a little too much time on the kids questions i know <laughs> you are not coach for kids and no i am not so but i but a lot I of go i do work with to... a lot of parents and a lot yes. of parents are obviously yeah. interested in that um as well but yeah i mean it, it really does mirror though even though it is not about children, whatever, but our it's because honestly, a lot of our habits are built as we are children. Yeah. So if we can think about it, it is similar. Now I'm not obviously going to do the same tactics, but if we can be able to understand and have more compassion for ourselves, that's going to really help us with our journey. And we need to get to the deeper root cause and why of our eating behaviors, because 
that is what's going to create change. If we are just trying to say a new diet or restrict a new thing or learn a new type of nutrition, um, that is not going to be the answer. Now I help women to be able to feel themselves properly so that they don't have to think about food all the time. Cause I notice so many women aren't fueling their bodies properly, which isn't leading them to success. If you are not giving your body the nutrients it needs, of course, you're going to be constantly thinking about food. Yeah. Of course. Um, because you're not giving your body the food it properly needs. You're depriving yourself. Yeah, exactly. So what do we do then? Um, well, what we do is we first understand the nutrition foundations of how to fuel our body so that we can be able to feel good. Okay. So then once we're there, what do we do? Well, then we need to work on the actual mental component. So what are your triggers that are leading you to eat the way that you're eating? Um, what situations, what environments, what people, what foods from there, we can build better body trust from there. We can create better coping mechanisms because likely every time you're upset, you know, nine times out of 10 food is real is associated with then soothing yourself. So how can we be able to have other ways to soothe? How can we be able to be in better relationships in better career and better careers and better situations and better environments? How can we create those for ourselves to be able to feel better when we feel better? We're able to make better health choices. And for that, uh, you truly need professional that can help you to see the patterns that you don't notice yourself. Because I know how, with all the knowledge that, that I have and you have, it's hard to do it on, the, on your own because we are brilliant in lying to ourselves and, and explaining oh, yes. things to ourselves. And we need somebody to look from the outside and notice things that are not working properly and help us navigate through that. It's it saves so much pain and so much time and struggling and shame and blame and, and you know, self-sabotage. When you really have an honest conversation with somebody who understands, like Casey, what is going on? Where could be the issue? Because sometimes it's not even food. Sometimes it really is what you're using it for. And once you can overcome that, your food habits come fall back to normal and things settle. I love that. And I was going to ask you, what, what do you, if in your practice, when you work, when you work with women, do you find the abundance of all kinds of information online and everywhere? Is it helping the cause or is it making it more difficult? Because people obviously go and start researching everything. They call Google research, unfortunately, because you anybody can write anything on Google. So you have to be selective of what you mm -hmm. choose for information. But do you find it easier because there's so much information out there today? Or do you fi find it more difficult to navigate through it with people? And I don't mean you, but I mean people that come to work with you that may have a mindset set on something. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that people are working with me. They want to change their mindset. So that's kind of piece is part of it. I think more and more people are being aware of the power of mindset as like, for example, life coaches are becoming more popular. There's more um, openness on Instagram of talking about these types of things, especially with mental health. So people are recognizing that there's more of a root cause approach that could help them. But at the same time, they do still 
while they're getting these messages, they're also getting so many of the dieting messages and it's so pervasive. Now we open our phone and we have these constant things that are telling us to do this recipe because it's X amount of carbs or try this 75 hard and you'll change your body in these crazy before and after photos. So it's, 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 it's both right. It's, and that's why it's so important to really edit your influences and edit your environment and making sure that you have the right support in your corner. The support, I think the support, because that will kind of help you to navigate through those waters because there's plenty, plenty, plenty of information out there and not everything is correct. Exactly. you know, beliefs that we believed 20, 30 years ago and we were told as the absolute fact are now being debunked, which Mm is a huge shock to many people that are still sticking to those old habits. Exactly. And what does that say? If things were, have been a shock now, they could be shock again. So you really need to take the time to reconnect with yourself and what your real goals are, what your aspirations are and what you're doing it. And is it for you? Yeah. And that's, again, I have to repeat over and over again, because so many of us are making goals based on not on ourselves and what we really think is best, but because of X, Y, or Z. And so it's okay. so, 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 so crucial that we be honest with ourselves and what we really want um, out of life, out of our careers, you know, out of our relationships, because when we are making our goals because of others, we are never going to feel fully fulfilled and we're going to be constantly, constantly chasing. But the priorities for ourselves are some of the most important things to mm-hmm. consider when, you, when you're looking at your life, for exactly. sure, because that's motivate, that motivates you. Well, exactly. this, is, this was a wealth of knowledge and I really appreciate it. I hope our listeners as well, because we can never know enough about things and things are changing and, you know, <clears throat> and not everybody is the same and everybody has different challenges and, and we are complete package of different circumstances, you know, habits and everything else. So it is always so helpful to hear somebody's perspective who can approach these things from completely different level that you may not even consider and and look at your life as a whole that's what holistic (laughs) comes from and i really learned my lessons later in life that is the only approach that i want to take because it's Mm -hmm. it's the only right one for me and obviously you have to find the right one for you but i would love to ask uh, to to pass our way because i know that baby needs to eat <laughs> i i would like to ask you when you when you consider somebody you work with mm-hmm. if, if there was somebody out there considering working with you yeah. and weighing her options and can can i do this is it going to be painful is it going to be can you give them some idea of what it means to work with you, how long it takes, yeah. what you go through or what to start with that then they may possibly on their own? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, women who work with me want to get out of the diet yo-yo spiral. They've often been struggling for years and feel like just nothing has worked anymore. And they want to finally feel good in their body. And knowing that that means more than just weight loss. Now, as I said, most of the women who work with me want to lose weight, but for them, they recognize that they have tried all the things or what feels just like exhaustive. And it's time to stop driving themselves crazy 
and find the support that they not only need, but they deserve. Mm -hmm. Now, what I will say is, I mean, definitely feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, send me a DM with your questions. Always love chatting with people. Don't have to be working with you to do so. Love making connections with people in my community. But and we one thing that post all the links in okay, the notes, just so you know, so you don't have to write anything down. I'll post I mean, <laughs> amazing. My notes. Yeah. Um, what I what I what I do think that is really helpful for people to do just as a startup practice is instead of going to the approach of like, let me write down all the food I eat, I want you to have a food thought journal. So for a couple of days before you eat, I want you to jot down how you're feeling before you eat and the environment that you're in. Another part of this that can be really helpful is to write on a scale of one to 10 or if one to five is easier for you, cool. Like how hungry or full you are. So the 10 would be like Thanksgiving fullness and one would be ravenous. So before the meal, right, where are you? You know, how are you feeling? And on a scale of one to 10, how hungry you are. And then after, right, like, you know, what time it is. It's good to see how long it takes you to eat because we should likely be eating we should be eating to take us roughly 20 minutes at least to eat and money best it's taking two minutes um but how are you feeling after and how full are you and this can allow you to see wow i always eat till i'm like a 10 full Ooh, maybe that's you know and i notice it or maybe i at home i'm eating till i'm around a seven and a half full which is like a great kind of metric like you're you're satisfied but not stuffed but what's weird is that I notice at work, I'm always eating till I'm a nine, but at home I'm eating till I'm like a six or a seven. And you recognize how your environment may play into that. So it's a really great way for us to understand how our environment or our feelings, or maybe, oh, I always eat till this when I'm stressed or whatever. It's a really great way for us to see how our emotions and our environment are impacting our food choices and our not even need to start food choices, but how we're feeling then as a result of food. And this can help us to have patterns. And with the women that I work with, I'm really focused on not on having them build the skills that allow them to take the learnings and be able to incorporate that for the rest of their life versus having to, the point isn't to work with me forever. As much as I love the people I work with, the point is to really build those self-coaching skills that they can take with them for the rest of their life. I think that's the best approach. I, I really love it. I'm so glad we met. And I'm me too. Grateful. That you found time in your crazy schedule oh, right now of course. <laughs> to share your knowledge with us. And I would encourage anybody, if if you would like to, you know, pursue what it would look like to work with Casey, please approach her. I, I will post all the connections to our podcast notes. And I just want to thank you so much for, for this wonderful hour. I think it was eye-opener for many and I think yeah I certainly believe this is the best time to instead of doing the old uh, new year's solutions that means nothing to us to take a really honest look to what we do why we do it how happy we are so far what yeah. is the starting point and start there's never too late to start right and you're right it is never too late I have women of all ages and yeah. It's yeah, it's never too late. And what are you telling yourself that it's too late? Like you're worthy of feeling great in your body and in your skin. And and I just want you to know wherever, whoever you are, wherever you're listening from, that you're worthy of feeling confident and healthy and no one else should have the ability to tell you any different. Oh, see, I was going to ask you if you want to 
hard ways with something very smart and you just did it was <laughs> I think that was beautiful end to our podcast so everybody this was Casey Wise uh and if you feel compelled please reach out and or definitely follow her on Instagram and Facebook and you may learn thing of two before you decide that maybe that's your new way to approach your health and I would encourage you to do so thank you so much it was a pleasure chatting with you thank you so much Woo! <laughs>